This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. What's up, rude tweeters? Welcome to the FBI basement. That's right, it's the podcast where we watch and review every last episode of the hit 90s sci-fi series, The X-Files, and we do it because we are compelled. I just want to save enough to buy like a really good pair of Vans. That's that's my thing. You just want Vans. Yeah, I want the good ones. Anyway, I am your host, Todd. And I'm joined, as usual, by a panel of conspiracy theorists. Uh, first off, joining me today is my wife, my better half, uh, the famous author. Lol. The uh, writer of words and um, uh, my co-host in life, Shannon. Hi. Also on board this uh, crazy train today is Valentine, who is our uh, producer and the grand poobah of the Medicinal Mass Podcast Network. How's it going, Val? Uh, well, it'd be going a lot better if you didn't lie to me because you said we were getting Lambos out of this deal. I mean, do the podcast. You'll get a Lambo. And I guess we're just going for the vans. Lam- Whatever. The Lam- yeah, I, yeah I, I'm... Wait, you promised him a Lambo? I thought all I got was vans. You promised me shoes. Damn it, Todd. (laughs) Well, uh, we've been away for a few weeks, haven't we? Uh, Yes, we were battling frost giants. Uh, Pain aliens, frost giants, science monkeys. I went hunting a very expensive (laughs) bullet. Yeah. So did did you get anything or? um... Yeah, I got him. He dead. He dead now. How many points? (laughs) A thousand. Wait, twelve hundred and ninety two. Good job. That is a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of points on that set of antlers. There. Yeah, that's what that means. Um, uh, oh, points on the deer. I don't actually hunt. No, I think it was a doe. Oh, <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> you don't hunt that much, do you, for a guy from Minnesota? No, no, never been <laughs> hunting in my life. It just happened unexpectedly. I was like, ah, oh wow, wow, yeah, that's uh, man. I'd like to also send out a shout out to the oddite delight who may be joining us. Uh, in due time. Wop, 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 wop. You're here. You're here. <laughs> I love you. Marissa, it sounds like you're floating in a green vat or aquatic chamber of some sort. God damn it. Are you still abducted by the pain aliens? Yep. Oh, fuck, man. Bring her back. Oh, well, speaking of being abducted by aliens, guess what train we're back on today? The crazy train? We're back on the myth art train, y'all. For the next two episodes, we are going full-on balls-to-the-wall myth art. I bet I see some aliens, man. You will see an alien. He will look like a human being. I think all the aliens look like human beings. Yeah, this, this gets some crazy, wacky, deep state shit. So uh, today we are reviewing Colony, which originally aired on January 20th, 1995. It is written by David Duchovny and Chris Carter. Oh, so this is going to be great, guys. It's going to be a great episode, guys. Well, the story was great idea. Duchovny. Carter wrote the <laughs> teleplay himself, apparently, and directed by Nick Mark. <laughs> oh, well, and I, I don't have any fun trivia here. Before we get to the episode we're going to remind you that um uh we at the fbi basement deliver wonderful podcasts to you 
completely free of charge. And if you like what you hear and you want to support us doing more, you can find the find us at patreon.com slash FBI basement. Uh, multiple levels of donating, even donating as little as $1, gets you access to our Discord channel, all sorts of audio and video goodies, and maybe some art. <laughs> Question mark? Also, check out some uh, other projects that are in the pipeline. Occasionally, we may do we may talk about the VG party. We're going to do another one of those again soon, where we get into the um, uh, 16-bit era of gaming. Isn't that going to be fun? And um, all of the bits. If you also happen to listen to other podcasts on the Medicinal Mass Network, didn't um, uh, we end up recording an impromptu Medicinal Mass podcast? <laughs> Where was I, I when this happened? Was I completely passed out? You might have been asleep. I think that we ended up talking. You, me, and or Marissa, me, and Valentine ended up talking a lot about different kinds of uh, shrooms and hallucinogenics. Oh yeah, I, I totally was not awake for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Cursed drugs that are not those. So you never know what you're going to get on the uh, podcasting network of Medicinal Mass. The lions of podcasting. Let's just see here. What else have we got? Anything else? Oh, yeah. Fuck Trump for putting kids in concentration camps. Hey. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't. Hey, Hey, but what about... Okay, so you say that, but what about... But then you say that, and what about... um, and what about when what about, you know? But her emails? Are you about to say but her emails? You know, um because 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 of her emails, right? Well, yeah, because you know but what her about, emails. What about when Obama um you know and then he o- o- Obama did um back remember He did that? not. He did not. Just for the record, he did not. I just well, saw that. No, he did not. But what what about oh, okay. You're only mad because the media is telling you to be mad. So speaking of deep space, uh, deep space, deep state and insanity, Colony kind of kind of oh, gets that into show that. We're, that show we're doing. Yeah. Right. No, it's OK. I, I'll I'll go all ranty later when we get to, to the part that makes me ranty in this episode. OK, we begin uh, this episode with everyone's favorite uh, device, a Fox Mulder voiceover. See, this is kind yeah, like, this is, oh, right, there is a, yeah, Mumbles McGillicuddy talks. Right, Mulder is being fished out of, out of some kind of, uh, some kind of Arctic tundra and loaded into a hospital, and they're trying to thaw his frozen ass out. Right, this is the episode where we get uh, the Mulder package, right? And uh, eventually Scully arrives to the medical facility and tells them to stop what they're doing right now. Meanwhile, Mulder is discussing the memories of uh, his of uh, his sister's abduction, and um, that he feels a kind of vindication as to what he's um, uh, found in this. I think, and, but he's dying. So, but how- if he dies now, he'll at least know there was something out there. <sighs> the makeup looked really weird. He looked like he was like turning into Skeletor or something, <laughs> which is funny because that's not how he ages at all. Um. Scully comes in to find him in a warm tub and yells at the doctors to get him out, saying that the cold is the only thing keeping him alive. I thought love was keeping him alive. Now, uh, flash to the uh, opening theme. And a one and a two. Oh, are we doing that again? 
We're not doing another copyright infringement one. <laughs> no. <laughs> not this week. But if you infringe multiple copyrights, though, you, they can't get you. That's how you... I just keep them coming. <laughs> yeah. Just jam the whole thing up, right? That's what Jim Sterling did. After the uh, end of the opening credits, we go back to two weeks prior. Still in the Arctic, though, a boat, a what looks to be a fishing boat, catches sight of a crazy-ass uh, UFO made with the highest quality of television computer animation. Lol. It flies, it zooms by the boat, like it's, bu- it like buzzes by the boat and like lands right in the water with a big explosion. And of course, what do they do? They row right toward it. So like, this is becoming the most interesting episode of deadliest catch I've ever seen in my life. Like I'm pretty stoked about this. Cut to uh, an abortion clinic in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Cause Oh God, it's this episode of the office, right? Where Jim and Pam, where Jim and Pam have to have a, a difficult discussion and, I was about to make the office a lot darker than it actually was, although that that relationship was pretty fucking dark. Well, we're the, the um uh, around at the uh, office. One of the do- doctors is uh you know taking a break from the daily daily arrival of the uh, protesters. Yeah, you know what? Like this is the thing: is it's like if it is a straight up abortion clinic, and especially during that time, why are there no armed guards? Like. You're talking about a time in which people were literally having to be like escorted in by cops and riot gear to work. So, yeah, that's that's impressive. In the clinic, a very balding, middle-aged looking doctor is being very normal. So normal. And uh, he goes into the break room and catches the news report of the uh, UFO crash on TV. They're fishing. He sees footage of them fishing out a man who seems to look like John Cena. (laughs) See, this is where the uh, copyright infringement is going to have to go. Yeah. For the next two episodes, it's going to have to be that like horn thing from horn riff from John Cena's theme music. Yeah. Seeing John Cena in the uh, ocean, this guy clearly craps his pants and tries to make his way out. Oh, I should maybe make a comment about this guy. Hang on. Keep talking. He blows through uh, several sets of double doors right into the dude. What's funny is like, man, that's like shitty. Like you just got that information through the TV and he's already there. That dude was running like, fuck, he's going to. How did he get there so fast? Like how I don't know how long this is between the time when he fished him out of the drink. How is this guy the unlucky shit? Uh, the unlucky shit that gets the first is the first one hit. Well, and also just so you're aware, there is sort of an implication that there is more than one alien bounty hunter, as this guy is going to be later known as. In this yeah, episode, they, they say that. I don't know if they say that in this. I do they? No, they don't really imply that. Um, but they like that's the thing is that if you you know if you're a fan. Of, it, the implication is this is what the fucking aliens look like. Look, that's what I'm going to just say. They all look like this guy. And by the way, and so in case you were wondering, uh, this gentleman is named Brian Thompson, who has been in such great works as um, this. And he was Shao Kahn in Combat, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, and Buffalo Bob and Joe Dirt. And Oh, no uh, shit. Yeah, he was <laughs> Buffalo Bob and Joe Dirt. Oh my god, you know what makes me sad is that you know that, like... Um, no, don't talk to me about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. 
He's in a couple of episodes of uh, Star Trek Enterprise. He's he, he was Cronus for fuck's sakes in uh, a couple of episodes of uh, Charmed. I think I remember that now. He was Cronus. Looks like uh, both him and Arnold Schwarzenegger both tried out for the same uh, part as Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, whoever won got the penis. Uh, yeah, that, uh, funny you should say that he was actually um, hired at one point to be there for Schwarzenegger in uh, Terminator. So they had to share the penis then. Yeah, and yeah, they did. He was also uh, Eddie Fiore in Kindred: The Embrace. <laughs> I. I could literally tell you everything about this guy, but I'm done. All right. <laughs> but we will see him like all the fucking time in the X-Files. Like he is just always. So he picks him up and is being very menacing and asking, where is he? And the doctor's like, I don't know. Then he pulls out a cow killing spike. And was he, I was very confused. Are all of these doctors filled with that shit or is he injecting him with something? It's not an injection. It's it's a very precise instrument that pierces the. It's a stiletto ice pick. That's what okay. It is. I was gonna say because in that case he's using it wrong because it's supposed to be hooked up to a compressed air tank and it's supposed to you know shoot out like a you know okay to to kill cows essentially you know. So Valentine, what I want to tell you is that this guy has a lot of upper body strength and doesn't need that shit because he's a fucking alien. Okay. This thing is basically a stiletto ice pick. It's not an injection device, and we'll see it plenty of times before. In fact, I think we see it in we see it the, all the fucking time in because that SMV video game. It was this. It was this <sighs> main point here. <laughs> Why can't he just use a knife? It seems like a much more useful tool. Well, I you mean, see, because the precision in which you must... I, you know what? Fuck you. I don't know. Um, <laughs> basically, if I understood it, because we saw it from that amazing extra content on the Blu-rays of Chris Carter sitting charmingly in I, what I can only guess is a Vancouver Motel 6. It seemed to indicate that they wanted some sort of unique weapon for the show to be kind of centered around so they came up with this okay i guess it's kind of cool i also would like to know if our viewers at home can see me do air quotes when i do that but yeah he totally sticks that guy uh he he kills that asshole and then like that is what saves jim and pam from having to get the abortion and then they get married loses that green blood that we're all very familiar with now out of its uh out of its neck, and uh, on his way out, John Cena sets the place on fire. So this is the long-awaited John Cena heel turn? Is this what it would look like? Because that's fucking awesome. They need to do that. Back in the literal FBI basement, Mulder brings up an email that he received containing three obituaries for three separate doctors. Landon Prince, uh, William Buchanan, or sir, Landon Prince, Harvey William Buchanan, and and Dale Gayhart. And they all look like they could be Buster. All looking, all working in abortion clinics, and they all look totally identical. They all look like they could be Buster Bluth. Like, they all do. That's, that's the only thing I could think. And uh, there was no apparent blood connection between the three that... Mm, and could in fact, and Mulder could in fact barely find, uh, could barely find any records at all on these guys. This takes Mulder and Scully to the scene in Scranton. Cause there ain't no party like a Scranton party. Cause the Scranton party don't look. I, my life is sad. Um, there's a scene where they're eating beets on a farm. 
Ah, false. Like I, that. Like this is seriously missing some great moments of officeness. Law enforcement who said that Dr. Prince performed legal clinical abortions and went about his work quietly, and none of his family ever came forward. Kindly country abortion doctor, as I understood it from from how they were speaking, like. No one seemed to have a moral objection to his work, except for Reverend Calvin Sistrunk, who has been hauled in, who has been hauled in on charges for suspicion, and apparently had been sent, had been threatened the doctors beforehand. Oh, right, because he's like the cleanest anti-abortion protester who would actually threaten a doctor I've ever seen. Uh, the guy sort of goes through your standard televangelist sort of yada yada hallelujahs and la di da baby killers blah blah blah. Like, we don't have to listen to enough of those, folks. Jesus. The officer shows him a clipping of a newspaper classified ad, where, which is what you used to be able to find your stereo equipment on before Craigslist. You, you see, children. Uh, but there were, <laughs> but apparently there is an ad for, with a picture, have you seen him? Call this number. <laughs> he gives great BJs. <laughs> For a good time, find Buster Bluth. Yeah, Yeah, good lord. And that uh, Sistrunk had been carrying the thing, and it is determined that all three cases, nobody has been found. Well, I mean, there was the fire. Uh, He's no uh, Sistrunk, of course, shows no sympathy for Prince. He knows nothing about the other murders, though, and he claims he found the clipping in the local newspaper. At the newspaper office, they try and chase that lead down. And apparently the man who placed it left no details. <laughs> I think that the that the uh, paper actually strong-armed them for the pay- for, for the payment that hasn't been made on the uh, ad yet. Yeah, I like that. That it was like... <sighs> it was 20 No, wait. It was $80. Yeah, give me that, give me that uh, FBI money. Mulder is I, I still... think it's hilarious, though. It's like, how do you get access to that? You pay the money. You pay what is owed, sir. Pay what is owed. Mulder starts getting the impression that he's being played at this point, which is sh- which is a shocking amount of self-awareness from, from Mr. Fox Mulder, isn't it? It is. It's like, wait a minute. Like, it, he literally has this moment where it's like, someone's fucking with me here. <laughs> like, really? Like, really? Like, you never, it's, no, you, you think it's a supernatural cow. No. Mulder suspects that there are more of these identical men and finds a pattern. The location of the murders with a handy map that's put up in the newspaper office. No, this pattern makes no sense either. Unless you're trying to start up your own bald headed BJs. Oh, God. There we go. There we go. You got it. Hold on. Bald headed BJs. Yeah. Like Mulder probably actually is thinking about this. Like this is something that is going through his head. Well, uh, paying off the bill actually gets them access to the um, uh, uh, voicemail, and there are 24 reports of the same men being in Syracuse. Because there's no other fucking reason to go to Syracuse. All five stars. All five stars. Oh. <laughs> Mulder calls ahead this time to the to a field office in Syracuse and talks to Barrett Weiss. <laughs> Sends him out ahead to find and protect Dr. Uh, Aaron Baker. <laughs> Weiss eager to help out uh, and contacts him with an address as soon as he can. <laughs> Yeah, why is he so excited to help Mulder? Like, I thought Mulder's reputation was like, oh, shit. Well, this guy's at a field office. Oh, that is true. He just got done uh, getting yelled at by his wife, and he put down the donut and was like, you know what? I'm going to show her when I go home how I work hard when I'm at work. And then uh, 
he showed up and then uh, he saved the day, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly what had happened. Like, you know, this show's about that guy from this point forward. And of course, he shows up at Dr. Uh, Weiss's house in order and uh, is immediately um, uh, invo- catches Baker having a uh, argument with John Cena. He tries to make a stealthy entrance to the back, uh, the back and uh, but he is unable to stop the doctor from being shish kebobbed again. <laughs> Murdered horribly. But Weiss busts through to try and catch the murder in progress and demands that the man drop his weapon. <laughs> the uh, alien bounty hunter just, just gives him this look like, man, I fucking own you. <laughs> when uh, Weiss looks down, at what should be a body, he sees just a bubbling green puddle. The killer makes a move. Weiss unloads his clip into the guy's chest, which causes severe burning and irritation to the to the agent's eyes. Where have we seen this before, folks? The stinky blood dudes. Uh, I was going to say Golden Corral, but uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Never-ending ribs at Golden Corral. <laughs> I was wondering why one... Uh, the people are bubbling down. Do they not, you know, let that gas out? Is that I'm confused? Okay, so you want an explanation? It seems like the whole mass of the body melting and turning into that substance would be a lot more potent than a couple wounds. Holes. Uh, yeah, I'm but, not quite sure if they're the same alien. I'm not. That's really... why I was wondering if, like, he was injecting them with something that neutralized their DNA and made them bubble down like that. So otherwise, it didn't. I didn't. I couldn't understand why only when you're alive does the blood stinky hurt your eyes. I think maybe, and I, and this is just speculation on my part because I I've, I'm not entirely familiar with what is canon and what's not about the stiletto. But I think it may be something about the quality of the metal for, of the spike that Some actually sort of alien metal. Yeah, that actually interacts with you know alien DNA. I think it's just that they. Sever the cervical spine. Well, yeah, but it's we also. But this. isn't this also the one thing that can kill the black oil? No. No. No, that's going to come later, and it's not that. It's, it's actually uh, much worse and much dumber. Uh, one of the things, though, is that, where actually it's aiming, where you're supposed to aim when you jab the stiletto. And for our listeners at home, I'm doing a stabbing motion with my pinky. Um, is at that soft spot. Where your spine, where the spine and the uh, uh, brain connect, it's actually the only spot that, like, the cervical column is not protected, and then that actually does go all the way into the mandula oblongata, and which would essentially just like pierce everything that controls your brain. Yeah. So like, it's instant brain death. That's why. Um, I you can assume that it's maybe just made of alien, some kind of alloy of not of this earth. Fine. Ah. I guess until we figure out what how they exang- exsanguinated all of the blood or what they did with it, I just you guys even have blood. Uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like we've got answers to fill first, I guess, before we get to here. So I guess we'll add this to the list. Oh uh, well, because apparently, yeah, it's you're supposed to actually. All right, so just stabbing at the val- a vulnerable point, the base of the skull on the back of the neck, uh, because otherwise regeneration is just going to work. Uh, it's going to come up later, actually. All right, so. A little bit later, in the same location, Mulder and Scully arrive to the house and are greeted by Agent Weiss, who says that uh, Baker's not there. Or was he? No, this is pretty cool. I was like, oh, damn, an actual shapeshifter. Ish. Uh, 
and you know the fact that there's also two weeks of mail in the mailbox and Mulder's going to take a look around while Weiss goes to his car opens the trunk revealing the disrobed body of Agent Weiss because why not like because that's what you're going to do right the killer's face morphs back into that of John Cena's he shuts the trunk and calmly walks down the street (laughs) he throws the keys in there first and I thought this was funny too because like he stripped that guy of his clothes so he could wear them but then he, ah, that was confusing. <laughs> like, why did he, he needs to change the clothes too? Like that doesn't, it doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the episode. I don't think I ever see his, his clothes change when he morphs. No, but he, he's, uh, well, uh, okay. If that ain't the case, then he stripped that dude down naked for another reason that they didn't show us. There's a very good chance that that is the actual case. <laughs> that like. Sexual perversion in the X-Files. I thought we had been through this before, Valentine. <laughs> Lots of it. Back in DC, uh, they're called to the principal's office again. Skinner's pissed off, and he wants to know what they were doing in Syracuse and why it got a man killed. Why is a man dead, Mulder? This comes as a shock to Mulder and Scully, who had, who had in their minds, just spoken to, to Agent Weiss. He was fine when we left him. No, he's not. Uh, apparently, while they may have an understanding with Skinner in terms of the X-Files, uh, the higher-ups aren't quite as understanding as he is, especially when the, the, um, uh, one of their agents dies as a result. Yeah, generally, when you get a guy killed for your dumb shenanigans. You're off this case, Mulder. The investigation is terminated. Drop it. Leave it alone. <laughs> and he won't, because it's Mulder. Mulder later gets a phone call from Scully where he tells her the latest information and uh, wishes she knew what was happening. Scully uh, w- was shocked to hear about Agent White's, Weiss's death and said she had been sent an image of another identical doctor, Dr. James Dickens, who's right here in Washington, D.C. So Smulder is going to, um, uh, of course, follow Skinner's directive and move on to another. No, of course not. He's going to see Well, JK, he's going to get another man killed. Well, Mulder goes by to pick up Scully at her ho- at her place so they can go find this doctor. But they're met by Agent Ambrose Chapel working for the CIA. Da-na-na. He says that he needs to speak about uh, speak about the case to Mulder and kind of tries to shed some light on this. Uh, the identical doctors were known as Gregors, according to his story. Uh, Kriegers. Gregors. Kriegers. They're Kriegers. The Kriegers. Human clones uh, created in Russia and sent over in the co- during the Cold War to fuck shit up to, to basically fuck up our medical supplies or co- cook up some kind of up some meth. I you know, it's just like I just want to believe that they're the Kriegers. That's the only thing I have. Like in a secret ingredient, someone has authorized the systematic termination of the clones by a supposed Russian spy killer in exchange for the science that created that created the Gregors. He believes that the Gregors have been trying to contact Mulder based on uh, the familiarity with Mulder's work. I guess, you know, FM Looter was a really shitty. Uh, the dumbest to write in, wasn't fucking it? name ever created of all time. Really? Mulder is bad at aliases. He also re- re- reveals that he was the one who placed the newspaper ad. I feel like he's lying, but why is he lying? And they're ho- he's hoping that if they get to the Gregors first, the truth about this government this government sponsored murder can be uh, can be released. 
And Mulder's like, yeah, bro, I totally understand this. And it's like, Scully's like, dude, I think he's lying. <laughs> like, totally. Didn't you just, like, think you were getting played, like, a little bit ago? But having to trust no one, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, in Germantown, Maryland, one of the Gregors is working in a warehouse that has some equipment that we've seen before, maybe in the Erlenmeyer flask. We're talking glass tanks filled with green fluid and various, you know, fetuses floating around. Fluids. Fluids. Satisfied that his uh, weird-ass science for the day is done. Krieger Mm. then goes home to his Japanese Apollo wife. Mulder and Scully arrive at his place later on and park in the street and knock on his door. The do- uh, Dr. Gregor answers the door, and Mulder says he believes that he's been trying to contact them, but before he can respond, the Gregor takes a look at the uh, takes a look at the at the CIA agent and flips out. Yeah, is this ever actually explained as to why? Uh plows through he plows through his apartment and run and jumps out a window to escape this guy. And uh, Mulder and Scully give chase. Mulder and yeah. Mulder and Chapel give chase. And Scully's just like, nah, I'm good. As usual. Uh, Mulder <laughs> doesn't look to both ways before crossing a busy street and gets absolutely creamed by a car like he's a deer in Valve's headlights. Oh. Yeah, and then he, be- oh. then he- <laughs> And then he became uh, the first uh, person to do the Peter Griffin knee. Oh, that's right. <sighs> Yeah, that's that's exactly what happens. Like Scully tr- stops to check on Mulder, but he says it's just to get to get back on the doctor. Like when you're a kid in the playground and you fall and lose your breath, he's like, "It's okay, I just can't breathe right now." Unfortunately <laughs> for the guy, um, uh, Agent Chapel grabs a hold of him by the ankle, and uh, he morphs back into the uh, back into the face of the of John Cena. So proud of yourself for this one. <laughs> Scully arrives on the scene a moment later, but then she sees Doctor. She sees Agent Chapel again, and she's like, "What happened?" And he's like, mm-hmm. "He got up the fire escape." And then Scully's like, "Ah, uh, okay, maybe no." He tells Scully he's about to try and get on the roof, and Scully doesn't quite buy it because the the ladder for the fire escape is about what ten feet off the ground. Yes, and also Scully's not an idiot. Also, when she's looking around, she does step in a big puddle of green goo. She next does. To she steps in alien goo. Like yeah, gash. Runs off to rejoin Mulder after, she, and after they leave, the goo bubbles away. <laughs> the next day, Scully comes to comes down back to the basement to check on Mulder. He seems fine. I think they were giving him the good drugs. Uh, Scully is not buying the, 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 the story from Gregor. And then Mulder is like, this what? The one? I trust him as much as Krychek. Mulder says he, and Krychek is like, <laughs> sup bitches. Mulder says he did a check on chapel and he's a 17 year veteran with an exemplary record. Scully simply asks why such an experienced agent would need their help. And how, how could he let the, this doctor escape so easily? Is this also where it's like Mulder would happen to trust no one? And he's like, oh, I changed it to trust everyone. Didn't I tell you? Is this this the scene where that or am I thinking of another episode? She also points out something very astute. Dickens was not running from them. They were running from she was he was running from chapel. He's like, 
Mulder just sort of, ah, man. She also believes Chapel to be the one behind the death of Agent Weiss, which Mulder says, you want me to tell that to Skinner? And she's like, you've told him weirder shit. And she shows her new, uh, or her her, uh, pair of shoes that had gotten melted through or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Waste for a good pair of Pumas, right? Oh, I was so upset with that. Like, she's like, I just bought these shoes. I'm like, well, that's why you don't fucking wear suede anywhere. I was a little angry about that. She tells them about the goo that was found in the exact same spot where the doctor escaped. She uh, asks for uh-uh. Mulder tells her to send the, get the, goo, the remains of the goo to the lab and, uh, and maybe check on the agent Weiss's uh, autopsy, which uh, Scully is all too willing to do. It's like Scully, they're, but Mulder, my shoes, but body. <laughs> you had me at body. Like he knows how to take care of Bay. Back in the morgue, Mulder and Scully look over the stiff. The, there was apparently uh, polycythemia in the blood work, an excessive production of red blood cells. A doctor who conducted the autopsy said the blood curdled like jelly as if something caused the blood to thicken or clot prior to death. Not, not how blood works, but okay. Scully is, of course, of course, yes, it's very odd behavior for blood. I mean, your blood doesn't just normally turn into gack like every no. once in a while. No, no, I, but I take blood thinners, so maybe, maybe it will. I don't know. Like I say, I feel like mine does sometimes. Now, there's no coagulating agent in the toxicology report, so that's uh, so that's right out. Mulder says that uh, Chapel mentioned that the Gregor clones were intending to contaminate the blood supply, and one of these could have been used to kill the field agent. All Scully can do is, ins- is inspect uh, the Dr. Dickens' bag, which was recovered from his apartment. And Mulder is then summoned again by Skinner. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you stepped in it now. Skinner's going to want to know why you didn't file that report. Sounds sexual. Soon Scully was going to do his homework for him. him. Mulder arrives in Skinner's office already to sort of um, uh, make his excuses, but that's not the reason. Skinner said that um, uh, his family has been trying to reach him urgently. Mulder leaves and calls his father. <laughs> However, it's his mom that answers, which is surprising since those two were divorced a while back. Yeah, fun fact: the uh, the abduction kind of ruined uh, the marriage there. Fun. Yeah, Mulder is sad because he comes from a broken home. When he finally gets gets to talk to his dad, he says he tells Mulder that he received a very strange phone call and that he should come home as soon as possible. Mulder promises that he will. Scully finds an address inside Doctor Dickens's bag and decides to and decides to go check it out. Because what the hell? She's heard all the rave on all the good BJs. BJs.com. Yeah, like this is, I don't know. Like Scully, I think Scully occasionally gets weird. Um, Has to. Um, Scully goes into Dickens' lab and immediately steps, ruins another good pair of shoes. Motherfucker, these ones were more expensive than the last pair. How is she fucking affording suede shoes on an FBI agent's budget? Salary. Uh, really? She peeks around a, uh, a corner into the heart of the warehouse, seeing um, uh, Chapel smashing the containers and, and squashing all of the um, uh, strange uh, biological contents. And at this point, Maybe. again, I'm like, why don't you have one of those tiny little cameras you can, like, s- s- you know, take a take a picture, you know? Okay, I, it's uh, yeah, but I know you can't I... just wind up Scully being there, but Scully manages to get out, get out, and. Uh, pulls away in his car just as he exits the building. 
I'm just going to say, Val, if you get angry at everything that doesn't make sense in the X-Files, we're going to be here a while. But now Scully's paranoid. She's calling Mulder, thinking she may be in danger and that she's and that she's being followed. And she decides to stay at a hotel in Georgetown. And, like, tells him that. And is like... <laughs> By the way, I think we should point out something. Uh, Mulder's cell phone was wrecked in the... Uh, was wrecked when he got nailed by the car. So is she leaving this, like, as a voicemail on his, like, answering machine or some crazy. This is going to be a recurring thing throughout the rest of this fucking episode of them trying to call each call each other and miss and miss Yeah, each other. like then we get into the phone tag which is just fucking Is this the oh. episode where they convince each other to finally get a pager? I think so. Like <laughs> This is like literally just like the like the like it, it's like there's this weird like gimmick in it that kind of feels like it's an episode of friends. I was going to say Seinfeld. If they had a cell phone, like everything like in that a, show would have been like there would have. Yeah, <laughs> there would have been an episode of that. Right. Like, Jesus, it, it, this is just it's like on sitcom levels of bullshit. That's the thing. Back at Martha's Vineyard, where the Mulder ancestral manse, I guess, is this big old house with the large porch. Yeah, it looks like he's at my grandma's house. That's the thing. Like. Like, I just, I can just envision how that house smells. That's the thing. Like, that's the only thing that's going through my head in this episode. It's like, I can almost figure out how that, what that house smells like. Mulder's dad only shares a few cryptic words. As he stands. As he, as he goes into the house and sees his mother uh, with tears in her eyes talking to a young woman. It's like, and she is. This is where Mulder scans her with this Terminator vision to you know go through his database if he's like ever do i know her, her from this yeah it's like is she have i fucked her no is she in the spank bank yes I, shit is this gonna be awkward maybe who is she it's <laughs> your sister fox fuck it is gonna be awkward <sighs> yep he rolls in and uh she greets him with with his first name fox and Mulder can only simply stare Dumbly, which he will do through a lot of the next two episodes. This is and funny thing, uh, he doesn't seem to recognize the fact that she is the girl that was in Doctor Dickens's apartment. Yeah, what what the shit, right? I didn't catch that either. Yeah, it, it goes quick, but she is in fact in that apartment. Like, don't don't spoil it too much here. <laughs> no, I won't. But yeah, it's like he kind of. Mulder tucks in his mom early in the morning because apparently you need to do that with old people. That's a thing you do. <laughs> time for your 945 nap, mom. But she gets, to, but he finally gets some one-on-one time with Samantha who um, uh, laments the fact that it's a bit too late for a game of Stratego. Uh... Isn't that just, isn't that, every time I've played Stratego, it's been too late for Stratego. It's just because you've never played it with me, and I play for blood. Literally, I will take blood from you. Samantha opens up about it, the tests, the abductions, and the years after. A lot, a lot is spotty in her memory, but it's almost as if this is exactly like what Mulder was expecting to hear. Yeah, she kind of she kinda yeah. does. She, yeah, said, she brought up how there was the regressive hypnotherapy. I was like, didn't we already go over how this was all bullshit, and he believes this bullshit? Yeah, like, it, it's pretty much like she read, like, I guess what would it have been back in the 90s? Would it have been Live Journal? I have no idea. I don't know what the, like, 
I guess it's like that. I it guess it's been live journal. It would have been a GeoCities website. Oh my God. She found his Angel Fire website. Like, that's what it was. It's Apparently, like when she was returned from the abduction, she was placed with the family and rega- regained the memories through aggressive hypnotherapy. As Mulder, once again, that's uh, something that Mulder is really big on. He really is. Like, she tells Mulder that she's in danger and that she and her father, Dr. Dickens, were being hunted by a man. Her father and the other Gregors are not actually Russian clones, but they're visitors here, aliens, who planned on trying to um, uh, utilize Earth human DNA to maybe not look the same, look identical like they all do. It's some manner of breeding, I thought, but... But uh, apparently the higher-ups aren't very happy with it, and that's why they disbounce the alien ba- bounty hunter, a, shift- a shape-shifting man who will not stop until they are all dead. <laughs> and then will be used multiple times, over and over, as the series progresses. Back in D.C., Scully is leaving her house in a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the cover of Late Afternoon on a Bus. And we have our second missed call as um, uh, Mulder <laughs> calls her house the moment she's out the door. Like, this is like it is. It's like sitcom levels of bullshit with the missed calls here. She still has a cell phone that I don't know why he's not calling that first. Because he's Mulder and it's the 90s. Who is calling a cell phone first in the 90s? The answer is me. But the lays out what we already know that uh, he's a shapeshifter and he can look like anyone, though uh, she and uh, the other Gregors can identify him. I like how the explanation for that was just I can see it and you can't. I just can't or something. It's weird. Really? That's kind of weird. Okay, like, and that's not. I'm not even that mad about that one. I'm more mad about (laughs) the simple shit, you know. Like you're angrier about basic stuff as opposed to these weird plot holes that you know anyone else except Mulder would have been like, well, why can you do it? Because I can. But why? And Mulder's and Mulder's like, okay, cool. I'll trust you because obviously you're my sister. Scully tries to call with her cell phone this time, but gets Mulder's answering machine and lets her after a jog, and she gets on a bus and lets him know that where she's going to at the hotel she's staying in Germantown. I swear to God, I thought she was announcing that so that someone following her could follow her. I thought she was doing that on purpose. She's doing it so loud. She's like, yeah, I just got onto a bus. and I don't think anyone's following me. Yeah. Oh, my. For the second, first time I saw that, I was wondering if she's like, if she's like trying to lay down like a false thing. OK, she... like, here, yeah, like this is my issue here is it's like so in like little green men, Scully is really good at shaking her tail. Like, she's really good at it. She's amazing at subterfuge. Like, she's really good at it here. It's like, Mulder, I don't... Like, yeah, it's like, is she... Of course, the guy is, like, two seats away from her. Well, also, she's screaming that. The guy in between them had to wipe spit off his face. (laughs) It's like, she's screaming it. Krychek said even in this episode, he's like, okay, so Scully's going to be in Germantown. Cool. I wonder if Maury's on yet. Click. Like, that's literally, like... Oh, Scully goes back to the warehouse to once again to inspect the uh, destroyed equipment, including a pouch which which seems to contain a small alien being. <laughs> she looks around and sees another Gregor clone, and he runs off. But Scully catches up with him. Yeah, she holds him at gunpoint. Promptly throws the baby on the ground. We didn't see that baby again, did we? Like she just 
No. Yeah. I saw some guy stepping on these, so it's okay to throw them on the ground, right? Yeah. Someone eat these. I wonder, does it occur to her that this is the same kind of thing she was holding in purity control? And also the fact that purity control doesn't show up ever again as a discussion. Like, Val has some issues. I have issues. But I feel like they are not the same issues. <laughs> uh, he's then joined by three other clones. Like, sup, sup. Sup. Hey, <laughs> how you doing? Like, one the of doctor, those looks like a slick motherfucker, right? The first guy says that these four are all are the last ones, and unless she protects them, they're already dead. Then it's going to be like the worst car trip ever. Like, seriously, one of them just looks like he is like he is about to propose to Scully to do some serious deep dick and like, how you doing? Like, really? Well, Scully does call in the um, uh, call in the authority and the four are driven off to be kept under maximum security with round the clock surveillance. So they're not going to die, right? That's what you're telling me. The police chief asks what who they are. And Scully says uh, simply says that when she knows, she'll tell him. <laughs> no idea. But please make sure they're safe. The bounty hunter is, of course, observing this whole operation. Because why wouldn't he be? I mean, duh. Mulder calls the vacation village to ask for Scully, and the clerk said that no one's checked in under that name. Mulder tells the men that when Scully does check in, that she must call Mulder immediately. Clerk says, gotcha. Hangs up and immediately forgets her name. (laughs) Hey, have I gotten any calls? Who are you? Dana Scully? Like, okay, why is she fucking checking in with her real name? God damn it, Scully. You're better than this. She might as well have just said, hi, I'm Jana Scully. I'm here to get fridged. Like, that's what's going to happen here. Scully comes in soon and asks for a room. In the maximum security compound, we see each doctor safely held in cells. The police chief enters, reveals, relieves the guards, and then locks the door behind him. He walks toward the first cell, and straight away, the doctor realizes what is going on. And we hear the familiar sound of the stiletto spike. Schnick. Looks like this spider caught a fly. 11.21 p.m., Mulder knocks on the Scully's door at the vacation village. And while she's Mulder, excited because Scully, she's like, oh Scully my God, it's excited to see him, but while she lets him in, his phone's ringing. And when she's answered it, it's Mulder on the other end of the phone. He's like, Mulder, oh, I, f- I forgot you have a cell phone. I thought I'd give you a call. Where are you at? Shock and terror is etched across Scully's face. <laughs> to be continued. Oh, Oh boy. Uh, you well, know, when you say usually... it out loud like that, it's not a great episode. Uh... <laughs> this is usually the time where we go over the the review of the episode and give final ratings. Well, when you describe it, it sounds dumb. The well, episode sounds does, dumb. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone when you realize and, and I see this with complete hindsight and knowing exactly how bad Mulder is getting fucked with right, right now. And you don't even know how bad he's getting fucked with right now. Yeah, like, we're yeah, not even, bad. like, <laughs> it, it's, it gets worse. Hashtag it gets worse. Because this is the thing, is, like, right now, we're sitting at, like, like we're sitting at the end of this, and it's gonna get worse. Like, this shit is about to, like, the next episode is, like, fucking awful. Yeah, they didn't even get to how he got all skull-faced. Uh, we'll get to it. Basically, this season is, let's fuck with Mulder. And once we get to the end of it, it's like, holy fuck. Uh, what did we think of the uh, alien bounty hunter as a character? <sighs> I know we made the John Cena jokes, but I kind of dug the, um, uh, I kind of dig the menace this guy projects. I, yeah. I, lo- I noted I like- that his uh, lips have biceps. They do. Like, oh, yeah. 
the guy was Shao Kahn, so <laughs> and Cronus and the you god of war pathetic. in Charmed. You weak, pathetic fool. I I think that the decision to give him like no dialogue is a great idea. Like he has very little dialogue as like in that form. I think that's how he orders at a fast food place too. When he goes in, where's the number one? Where is it? Well, you know, you have this guy who's very much like the Terminator. He's very single-minded and myopic and, and, and unyielding in his pursuit of his quarry. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I think what we should understand is let's think about what we think of him now and let's revisit it when we see him later in something like, say, the unnatural, which will piss everybody off. Fuck you, Duchovny. Fuck you in the episodes you decided to write direct. Fuck you. Anyway. I'm just excited to see where his acting is going to go with this next one. It, it's got to get got to get good. I mean, he wrote it. He, uh, he wouldn't write any embarrassing scenes for himself, would he? Is the next one where we have the dick <laughs> package, where we get the Mulder package? Where we see like a lot of Mulder dick in that one? Is that the one? I don't remember seeing any Mulder dick. I do. I think if I did, I might just automatically block that out. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like it's not exposed, but it's like pretty obviously that Duchovny was trying to make himself look good in that way. So I I don't know. It's like I I kind of I I have this Smith arc that it's like I like McThark. But I really liked it when I watched the X-Files as a fan. And then kind of going back, I'm like, wow, I wasted 10 years of my life trying to figure this shit out. Fuck. We're going to be giving our ratings, but in just a moment, we're going to first, as we have always, disseminate the information, let you know all the other projects we've got going on right now. First off, we're going to start with Shannon and her books, the Department of the Arcane series. And other books that you can find where? At schuffwrites.com or on Amazon. That's right. And uh, occasionally, if you want to buy them in person, you can visit several conventions. And I believe the next one is, don't tell me, don't tell me. It's July 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee at Hypericon, right? Uh, Yes, we're going to be at Hypericon. You and I are going to be doing some programming. That's right. And hanging out and... I, I may be doing a few other things, but yeah, we will be at Hypericon. And then after that, we will be at uh, Raleigh's Supercon. Somehow I ended up being the white guy on a diversity panel. <laughs> I got nothing on that one. Uh, but we will also be at... I'm trying to figure that out. What the hell is that? Why are those marks? Anyway, uh, we'll also be at Raleigh's Supercon uh, July 27th through the 29th. And uh, that, that, that's it for a little bit. That's in Raleigh, right? Yeah, that's in Raleigh. North, North Carolina. Carolina. And then uh, I will get back to you on the other ones. Um, I know we're doing Imaginarium, but that's not for a while. Right. And uh, also, if you are a fan of the FBI basement, then you should also be a fan of the Medicinal Mass Network. Take it away, Val. Yeah. If you head over to medicinalmass.com, you can see the special page I have set up for donation for my uh, I Deserve a Lambo fund. You can also follow me on uh, Twitter at Demonstride. Hashtag, I deserve a Lambo. Todd fucked me. <laughs> he does that to me regularly, and not in the fun way. You said it was fun. No means no, dear. We also want to send out a shout-out to our um, uh, to our host, who, is, who had to sort of step out for a moment. We're going to tell you about her stuff anyway. If you look for the Oddite Delight, that is O-D-L-I-T-E. <laughs> 
on Facebook. Oh, wait, am I getting that right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you look uh, uh, below the podcast, there'll be a link there. O D D E L I L A G H D art at Facebook. Check it out. A, uh, is there a niner in there? Yes, there's a niner. She does uh, all sorts of art, video, and other projects. She will accept your commissions. Please, get, please commission some work off of her. She loves drawing, and if she's drawing, then she's keeping away the monsters. There's some big scary monsters. Also, yeah, be looking. By the way, at that, we'll be working on a having a project come out eventually. Okay. <laughs> Then let's get around to the, the final scores for this episode. Uh, I'm going to give this one uh, three out of five Gregors. I was going to give it two and a half cheerful uh, Hallmark Lifetime movie reunions. And Valentin? Yeah, I was going to give this one uh, the sound of two miniature babies skulls being crushed under the boot of a alien shapeshifter in the oh. form of a CIA agent. Yeah, who has to like do who has to do the foley for that? I'm wondering. What is the foley sound for that? Anyway, join us next week when we conclude this exciting episode. <laughs> oh wait, we got Marissa two out of three throwing people up against the wall scenes. All right. Next week, the exciting conclusion to Colony. <laughs> the thrilling conclusion written by Samuel Beckett. Well, it's a very um, uh, appropriately named conclusion. The thrilling conclusion written by Samuel it's Beckett. It is Endgame. called Endgame. Yes. <sighs> I try to culture you fucks and I get nothing. All right. The FBI basement comes to you most every Thursday. <laughs> we're going to be, we're, gonna, we're getting Thursday? back to it now. Question mark. Uh, free, free of charge uh, via the Medicinal Mass Network. Check us out at medicinalmass.com. Also, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash FBI basement. Until next week, this has been Todd for Shannon, Valentine, and Marissa saying goodnight and the truth is out there. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. Never ending rips at Golden Corral.